For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good morning, Bodhisattvas. I think it's morning for everyone in this crew, online and in person. And I don't think we've been in this configuration before, so I thought maybe look somewhat manageable group so we can say our names and uh, then maybe David Ray will say the names of people online after we go around. So I'm Hogetsu. David. Dale. Douglas. Asian. Mike. Paula. Jerry. And online we have Mark, Vicky, Kathy, Ty, and Tygen. Welcome. So I thought Vicky was going to show up today, so I hope you're uh, in person, but I hope you're okay. And we also thought Tygen was going to show up in person, and I know you're healing from some injuries, so thank you for joining us. And um, two other people are down. So, you know, Sashin, we've got some of the troops are down. You know, uh, Adam and Wade are not feeling well. So they are taking care of themselves. So this is a vulnerable time. It's also the fourth day of our Rohatsu Sashin. Our Samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance Dragon Sashin. And everyone seems pretty settled. Day four. I never know the five day Sashin, what day four means. We're usually in the middle of a seven day, day three is kind of tough. But for me, day two is kind of tough. So I don't know what's going on with this machine, but it seems like people are settled nonetheless. And also we've been really well nourished by Artenzo and all the Sangha members, including Kathy and you know if any other food donors are. Ah, Tigans, Naomi donated some food. So there's, we've had food donations, just like old school monks. People bring food to the Zendo to take care of us. And we've really been doing a good job taking care of each other, encouraging each other. We've deployed our Tonto unit, Asian and Douglas, who've really been working so hard at supporting this mandala, Bodhimanda, place of awakening. And Rahatsu Sashin is the celebration of Buddha's great awakening. And one of the things that is said to have said upon this awakening moment, uh, many stories about what Buddha said or what Buddha noticed when he first awakened uh, in India so many years ago. But one of them is, I now see that all 
beings everywhere fully possessed, are fully endowed with the wisdom and virtues of the enlightened ones, of the Buddhas. But, this is where but comes in, not really and, but but, because of false conceptions and attachments, they do not realize it. They do not realize the radiance. So the Sashin is studying Sometimes what gets in the way of awakening or the conditions for awakening and also to touch that place that maybe we haven't been so aware of, we haven't settled enough to rest in that radiance. So the Sashin itself is a treasure store of the radiance of our dragon community. Kind of amazing that Thai is here, who we haven't seen for so many years, or I haven't seen. And all of a sudden, dragons are assembling for this event. Even people not here. So we've just been simply sitting and exploring this shiny samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance. Our discussions have been rich and deep, I think. At least they've really helped me. I don't know about you, but it's been great to hear our discussions about the Dharma together, how we bring it forth together, illuminating facets of the radiant jewel of Buddha Dharma and Sangha. And in Zazen, in walking, in eating, in sleeping, I sense we've all been plunging into this samadhi, even if we're like, don't even know what it means, don't even like it. Some people are like, I don't like this radiance business. Uh, I was thinking about this and I thought, hmm, I would like to be clear that this samadhi that we've been talking about from Cohen Ejo's text of the Komiozo Zanmai, the womb treasury of radiant samadhi, something like that. Uh, this treasure storehouse of radiance, this meditative concentration that we call samadhi, is a bodhisattva samadhi. So it's not just any old concentration, any random like. Let me focus on that candle, that radiant candle. I don't know, but that's this is not this is a samadhi uh, that Cohen Ejo is offering his Dharma expression. This samadhi that's a practice of people devoted to awakening. Little did you know, maybe when you stepped in the room, that you're devoted to awakening in the bodhisattva way to becoming Buddha for the welfare of the whole world. It's not my own private Buddha that I'm hoarding, but actually finding our own light and offering that to the world. This is, I think, what brings everyone here. So I will confess that I was a little bit mm, hesitant to 
offer this text for Sashin because these kind of texts are very powerful and they were written in a particular context. This one in by Cohen Ejo, who was immersed in practice, whole life devoted to practice in a particular community. Um, and it provokes strong reactions. And Ejo even says something like, this samadhi is for people who are real seekers. Now, sometimes I don't think of myself as a real seeker, but actually, we are. I think I am. Seeking something I know, but only rarely glimpse. And he even writes at the conclusion of the text, this kind of warning might be, uh, copyright. <laughs> says, this absorption in the treasury of light or radiance, so light, radiance, illumination, all this, they're all synonyms for this word, komyo. The absorption in the treasury of light is from the very beginning, the site at which all Buddhas realize the ocean of enlightenment. Therefore, it is sitting as Buddha and acting as Buddha, carried on in its utter simplicity. And I think we're kind of simple here today, especially. It's kind of simple. Stripped away of extra. Although we had a cell phone in the Zendo, it was still okay and used uh, just to take care of us. But it's pretty simple. Those who are already Buddhists should sit at rest only in the sitting of Buddha. So don't sit anywhere else. Simply sitting in this way, do not waste time. This is called the enlightenment site of the ordinary mind. Then, kind of concludes with something like, this essay should not be shown to anyone, but people who are in the school, in other words, in our family style, in our school, Soto Zen, and who have entered the room. You know, this is traditionally, I guess, you know, entering the room of some great Zen wizard. But we've entered the room that we've created as Buddha. We've entered the womb and the room. <laughs> to wrap on that a little bit. So, uh, this essay should not be shown to anyone but people who are in the school and have entered the room. My only concern is that there should be no false and biased views whether in one's own practice or in teaching others. Isn't that kind of amazing? After such touching words of care, after this kind of like beautiful, radiant text that's coursing through all these different Zen masters and ancient texts like the Mahavirotana Sutra and koans, but ends with this, this little thing of like, Take care of this text. And I'm teaching this to clarify things and in some ways to almost free people from these delusions and false conceptions that hinder awakening. 
that I quoted at the beginning. These real seekers, you know, are people in this school of Soto Zen who've entered the room and practices samadhi. But there's there are some background assumptions that might not be clear in the text that entering the room and entering our way, our bodhisattva way in Soto Zen is also to be supported by the precepts. So the samadhi isn't like some samadhi out here in space someplace. It's a samadhi supported by the precepts, by Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, by a teacher, and rooted in the bodhisattva vow. This is this is the way that this occurs. And you know, the beautiful Mahayana literature is so full of all these beautiful names of different samadhis, different meditative states that are bodhisattva samadhis. You know, sometimes whole books are written about just one, like the Shrangama Samadhi Sutra. Not to be confused with the Shrangama Sutra. Um, this Bodhisattva Samadhi is not a Samadhi of killing and war. It is not a Samadhi of self-clinging. This is not a Samadhi of separation and dominance. Inherent in things like queer phobia, sexism, racism, other fear-based minds. There are those samadhis. There are those concentrated states. Some people meditate on them. That does, I think, happen. We've seen this, right? Like Gollum, more, mine. No. That's a different set of vows, <laughs> what I'm talking about. In our zazen, we might encounter such unwholesome samadhis arising. How can I get some more? How can I be better than that person? Or I'm not as good as this other person. Ajo even talks about like negative self-clinging as a problem in this text. Because why are you saying you're not good enough or think somebody else should have this radiance? Don't do that. He kind of says. But we do have these samadhis like this, these concentrated states that are supported by vows, like unconscious vows, like, I'm not good enough, and I'll prove that to the world. Or I'm the best. I have to be the best or the worst in everything. You know, this is how our minds can work. Uh, but these samadhis, these bodhisattva samadhis, uh, are a relinquishment of these unwholesome samadhis and floating in the ocean of our vows into this kind of meditative awareness where we're imprinted, as Mike was telling us yesterday in our discussion, with something we can't fully see, a kind of dimensionality, uh, that is 
maybe the word radiance, David Ray had, you had this other term for this wholeness, maybe some kind of unity of something or other. You had this beautiful phrase. Do you remember? What I said, do you, when I, like transparent, I, I didn't like transcendent, it. Now. Transcendent coherence. Transcendent something coherence. Yeah, that's, that's one way. I was thinking on this and I'm like, oh, this radiance that we're imprinted with in this samadhi is a capacity for activity based on a recognition in the essential dignity of all experience, dignity, worthiness, you know, a kind of equanimous awareness of dignity of everything, everything we touch, all that we touch, all that we feel, all that we beg, borrow, steal, everything. That's radiance. So in practicing with this 13th century text, translated by the wondrous Thomas Cleary, located in this text, Minding Mind, highly recommend it. He translated it as absorption in the treasury of light. But this text, let's say called the Samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance, the storehouse, the womb of radiance, may have many of us wondering, what is this radiance? This glow, this luminosity, this glittering path. What is this comio? How do I practice this samadhi of the treasure storehouse of radiance? How can it benefit our lives? I mean, this is like textbook out of the Mahayana literature of people, bodhisattvas who have been practicing for eons, still are asking these questions. What is this? How do I practice this? How do I take care of this world and realize in every moment of my existence the essential dignity of everything? And Ejo quotes the great Zen master, Yunmen. Now, I think Taigen mentioned appropriate response. Yunmen. Cloudgate is Yunmen's name. Cloudgate. Great master Cloudgate. Gate, great person Cloudgate. Uh, has a little story on life. So this is from Ejo. On Komio. Great Master Cloudgate said to a group in a lecture, I hope this doesn't sound like a lecture, <laughs> um, all people have radiance or a light, but when they look at it, they do not see it, so it's obscure. What is everybody's radiance? And Yun Men was famous for having nobody answer his questions. And so he's like, I guess I'll have to answer my own question. <laughs> no one replied. So Cloudgate themselves said, on the behalf of the assembly, the communal hall 
the Buddha shrine, the kitchen pantry, the mountain gate. So I didn't know if you noticed when you walked in through the gangway, some of you came through a mountain gate. Did you notice that? David Ray took a picture of it. David Ray saw snow on the mountain gate and said, ah, this is mountain gate. Radiant mountain gate. And Edjo goes on to say, Yunman is stating that everyone has this radiance. This is exactly what is meant by the overall sense, by the light of great wisdom. It should be heard, retained, enjoyed, and applied in skin, flesh, bones, and marrow. So that's what we're doing here. Don't you feel it? In your marrow? goes on to say, the light is everyone. This radiance is everyone. Shakyamuni and Maitreya, two great Buddhas of present and future, are its servants. Are its servants. What is not more in Buddhas or less in ordinary beings is this spiritual light. So it is existent in all. It is the whole earth as a single mass of fire. This being so, radiance does not question whether you are ordinary people or Buddhas. It does not discriminate between sentient and inanimate beings. Having always been shining everywhere, the light has no beginning, no location. That is why it is a bunch of terms for radiance, let's say, or for what we're talking about, which we can't define. That is what is obscure. It is what? It is traveling at night. It is, another quote, impossible to conceive of even in a billion, billion, million eons. And That's what it says? Yeah. Oh. A billion, billion, million eons. That's probably Cleary's translation of some term that means a long time. Yep. That's what I'm, it could be kalpa. Mm-hmm. And I would say, of course, this is just like a single photon in the darkest of rooms. This light is not always apparent. So we enter the Bodhisattva Samadhi. We were all doing this this morning in the first period of Sazen. We could feel it. Uh, to connect to this deep knowing and appreciation of the worthiness of all being, of all we encounter in our lives. And we sense this imprint of wholeness in each particular thing. With me so far? So I'd like to come back to the radiance of the kitchen pantry the kitchen. Entering the Bodhisattva Samadhi, sometimes a Tenzo sets that Samadhi aside and goes to the kitchen with an assistant. 
And we can taste the food that is the fruit of our Tenzo's samadhi in the activity of their cooking. And yesterday, Mike offered us this wonderful teaching from Carl Sagan. Could you do a re replay of that, possibly? Because it, it really, I think, is so wonderful. I'll do my best. Um, mm -hmm. um, Carl Sagan in Cosmos um, was trying to explain uh, what the fourth dimension was. And so to do that, he um, drew a parallel between, um, so he was trying to explain um, us beings in the third dimension trying to experience something in the fourth dimension. So he drew a parallel between a second dimension area and a third dimensional being trying to encounter that. So he had uh, a little flat area, flat room with two dimensional creatures who were flat, um, and a third dimensional object trying to uh, encounter that world. In this case, he used an apple in this, his example. And so to represent that, he took an apple and he stamped it, and he placed that stamp on the two dimensional world. So what was seen was four little points, which would be the bottom of the apple, the little points that it stands on. Um, and so someone in the two dimension would see these four points, and they wouldn't see that that's an apple. But if an apple kind of permeated through in its third dimensional ability to go up and down, um, two dimensional beings might see the various permutations of that, you know, slices. Um, and it, you can, if, if you remember those encounters, you can maybe try to picture what's being, what you're encountering. But um, so I guess the parallel I was trying to draw was thinking how you see this radiance in little pieces. And if you can remember it or remember the different times that you encounter it, you can piece together or we can, you know, attain or grasp, you know, that sense of what that third dimensional being is, even though we can never be uh, fully present. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. So I'm not going to hang on to everything Mike says and grasp it and go, now I've got it. But the sutras do talk about the Buddha mind seal imprinted. And I actually happen to have a seal. It's actually my name seal, one of my names. And I thought it'd be kind of interesting just to, <laughs> to kind of do that, right? So... So I have this seal, and it says my Dharma name, Keegan. You know, when you have a seal, you take some, <laughs> you're in this flatland kind of <laughs> hopping up and down on it. And then I don't know if this will work very well, but it was some scrap I had. So it doesn't have to be something special, whatever you encounter. So this is this is like, you know, our radiance, <laughs> our Buddha mind. 
hitting the paper. And it didn't, it, as I thought, it wouldn't fully, fully imprint, but we got little bits. I can't even tell, is that Fogatsu? Is that Keegan? I don't know what that is, you know? And we try again. A little bit more, you know? So you keep going like this. You figure out how to fully get closer and closer to the realization of the Buddha mind seal. I just liked it because I think it's tactile and visual and we feel it in our bodies, which is what we do in Sazen. We're doing, this is what we're doing in Sazen, <laughs> you could say, with the Buddha mind seal. Um, and we have all this wonderful equipment, a beautiful stamp pad, you know. You know, this Japanese culture, right? They even put a stamp hand in a beautiful box. Mm -hmm. You know, that things are cared for. a long time to know that you're encountering the Buddha mind seal and how to use it and care for it and share it in our human bodies you know we tend to stay in three dimensions or we get stuck in another dimension of dualism of this or that or the dimension of I want I what I want and I don't want what I don't want. So these bodhisattva samadhis are so vast, they transcend dimension. We detect a photon, and then we return photon of radiance, and we return to our lives of dimensionality. You know, the wondrous sutras in the Mahayana uh, bodhisattvas have names, these beautiful names uh, that express their samadhis and their practices. And in our family tradition, you know, when we receive the bodhisattva precepts, <laughs> we receive names, these way-seeking names. And the first name, way-seeking bodhicitta name, let's say way-seeking name, and a dharma name. You know, some people have those, so maybe people could, could just say their Dharma names who have them. They would write. Kisatsukoke. Which in English? A rare expression, ancient transformation. Dale, do you know your Dharma name? Kango. And what does it mean in English? 
Feeling good. Feeling healing. Healing. Hoko Yuza. Dharma affirm, Dharma affirming, friendly mountain. Ikuden Asian, um, nourishing field, chanting reality. Yaki, what is what is your full name? Oh, uh, Michael Charles Evans. Mm-hmm. Michael Charles Evans. So there's some meaning behind those names. Sounds like a I Supreme don't... Court justice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a Manjushri here. <laughs> he who shall judge. <laughs> but even those given names have some meaning to them. I don't know, David Ray, do you know what they are? Michael? You know what and... Michael means, right? It means who is like the divine one. Yeah. Yeah. Named after the archangel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so we should know our names. And Yoki Shudo. Um, energy manifesting way. Energy manifesting way. Jerry, you received the precepts. No. I thought you had a rock suit. I do, but I don't remember the name. Ah, you don't remember your name. Mm-hmm. So this is the great, I do not remember my name, <laughs> but I practice wholeheartedly even though I don't know my name. <laughs> Bodhisattva. <laughs> And how about online? Some people have Dharma names online, maybe every single one of y'all. Let's hear it. So, Vicki, and then maybe you could just call on the next person. Thank you. Genju? Genju. It means bright pearl. Bright pearl. Mm-hmm. I? Uh, Asho Gyokuren. Wisdom smile, jade lotus. Mm. Wisdom smile, jade lotus. Mm-hmm. Kathy? Seisho kiwa. And I don't remember what it means. <laughs> so we'll ask Tygen. Seisho kiwa. Tygen, you're muted. Mm-hmm. Muted Tygen. Um, no, that's not my name. Um, <laughs> uh, Sesho, I think it's some, something. Say, say it again, Kathy. Sesho Kiwa. Pure light. Um, I forget the it's a harmony, something harmony. I forget the key. If you tell me your rock, so maybe I can tell you. <laughs> Hold it, uh, no, hold it back. I can't see any of it. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I still forget what he means, but uh, pure pure light, I think. Pure radiance. Um, um, I forget the key, but it's wah, harmony. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tygen? Oh, a Taigen Shizan, ultimate source, um, smoothing out mountains. Mm-hmm. And Mark Split, last but not least. Um, Shoshin, uh, beginner mind. Beginner mind, Shoshin. Mm-hmm. 
and mine uh, offered to me by Taigen. So my way-seeking mind is Hogatsu, which is jeweled moon, something like that, maybe treasure moon. Uh, and the, the second name is Kigen, which is return to the source or returning source, something like that. And I was actually given another name. My first name was called Guardian of the Path. Mm-hmm. Yvonne Rand gave me that name. No Japanese, just Guardian of the Path, written in permanent marker on the back of my rocket suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nothing is permanent. They tried though. (laughs) So I say this because this is to remind you that you have your own bodhisattva samadhis, but that this samadhi is practiced as bodhisattvas, not something else, not the samadhi devils. although we might be a little devilish sometimes. Uh, And, you know, when we listen to texts like this and read texts like this and love texts like this or pull away from texts like Ajo's text, uh, this is just part of our Bodhisattva training program. And it's in the context of precepts, of paramitas, of prajna and vow. And as bodhisattvas, you know, when I address you as bodhisattvas, I believe this, I feel this. I feel it is my practice in some ways to affirm that in everything. This is radiance. Uh, But in particular, our crew here at Ancient Dragon is a bodhisattva group. And we vowed to learn how to benefit this world of endless problems and misunderstandings of so many people, more than we can ever know and count. Help us don't begin to reach it. So many people suffering and needing help, we want to liberate them and free them. Of so many opportunities called Dharma Gates to heal and transform relationships, We want to enter each one of them. We vow to embody Buddha, to live Buddha, to completely realize the basic dignity of ourselves and others, all being that includes rocks and stones and mushrooms and flowers and trees and airplanes and even weapons. So how do we direct this towards that? Recognizing its dignity first. So this is radiance, this pervading, pervasive dignity that shines everywhere. And only you know how it manifests in your life, you know, how it begins to appear in our limited sense of dimensionality. Um, And it shines everywhere. This is Yunmen's light and Ajo's light, and our light, the communal hall, the place we practice and live together, the Buddha shrine, whatever it is we are devoted to, 
the mountain gate and our wonderful kitchen pantry where sometimes we run out of things. <laughs> sometimes what's in there isn't what we want and we still work with what we have. So uh, this is enough said about radiance. Douglas probably showing me the clock going, I'll get to be quiet. But it's Sashim. And I just want to encourage you in our last day, full day and night before tomorrow when the myriad things come forth into the Zendo to just continue in this way, even though we don't really know what we're doing. So thank you very much, Bodhisattvas. We have a few minutes to chat and to you later. Any comments from anyone? Artenzo's gonna take care of the kitchen. <laughs> Radiate away, Bodhisattva. Thank you very much, Mike. Maybe the assistant would go to Oh, Asian. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that I really appreciate um, you talking today because I have been thinking a lot about well. A couple things. Um, the, the the spiritual bypassing that I was concerned about. You know, this this is kind of an answer to because we, as you know, Zen students, maybe we're especially attuned to seeing the ways that Zen has become this catchword in our popular culture and is used to justify or describe all kinds of things, um, many of which are very self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's thank you, Dan. I appreciate I, I appreciate what you were you know quoting us today because it is about renunciation and precepts and rooted in practice. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is I've been thinking a lot about the the passage that we chant about the light, you know, and it's such it's so beautifully written. It's it's not born when you're born, it doesn't die when you die, it's um, something else. But I was, oh, oh, it's not more in Buddhas unless in mm -hmm. ordinary beings. And I've been thinking about that and how, um, you know, that light must manifest in each of us and it always manifests imperfectly because because that's how it is when the absolute comes to the phenom phenomenal mm -hmm. world, is it, it, it comes imperfectly. But... Um, and it's harder to see, maybe, in some beings than others. You know, maybe like Trump or Putin. It's 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 a little harder to see. But I think for that, us, for us, for Trump yeah. and Putin, they see it perfectly, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but but I think it's important to when we encounter others to recognize the light mm -hmm. and to look for it mm -hmm. and to look for that one photon that we can <laughs> see because that's the only way we're going to be able to encounter those beings in ways that they can accept right. as well. Um, and possibly what might help to do that is to recognize our own light. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it starts with yeah. recognizing that we do have light and that others lack of recognizing that doesn't diminish that light. Yeah, I mean, Edjo says, 
don't give your light away. Yeah. Don't, don't, you know, sell yourself short mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that is a problem, right? Then you want somebody else to give you your light. Yeah. You already have. So you let them become president or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Instead of saying, I see that photon of goodness there or of wholeness and dignity and I'm relating to it and saying, you can't do that. I'm sorry. You can't be president. No. They might not even like hearing that. Sometimes you might be saying exactly the right thing. Somebody might not like hearing it. But this, this has something like this really gradation. Um, no, I almost. Yeah, we have, we have to remember that we have light. Yes. And act from that place. Yeah. And connect. It's like, what is that? The namaste, the light in me, bows mm-hmm. to the light in you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, this text can be too funny. When students don't believe, keep this in mind or believe it resolutely, this light. Because they do not believe it, they become lowly ignorant fools, not escaping vicious circles. They should ask themselves where the fault is and see all the way through. So, there's... Uh, yeah, well... There's so much, but thank you, Asian. And I was thinking of you when I was thinking of this talk, because <laughs> oh, you were asking these questions of, you know, what about spiritual bypass? And I yeah. think we forget sometimes because we can be sort of emphasized heavily on the samadhi or the meditation part in our practice that we forget that this is rooted in the precepts. You know, all these edjo, all these people. They were taking the precepts when they were ordained, you know, and this is a foundation because we're human in human bodies in this dimension and the precepts support us from going too crazy. Anyone else like to comment? Douglas. Yeah, thank you for your talk. I, I appreciated it very much. Um, I, I, I find it, um, I don't have a, the same problem with the words of radiance or luminous <laughs> that other people seem to. And I think of it, it's, it's a way, it's a metaphorical expression for what's real. Mm-hmm. And it, um, and true because it, uh, something that re- true experience, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's radiant uh, beyond uh, light and dark, even darkness, even the experience of darkness. It's a radiant darkness yes. because it's a real experience, a real phenomenon. So that it it doesn't bother it it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> but the problem with the problem with that sort of thing, and it's a celebration, right? It's kind of Oh my God! Here's the world, and I dropped off body and mind, and this 
false, limited perspective I've had of who I am and what my life is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way of celebrating that, but it could give rise to spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of go, oh, this is so wonderful, it's all okay. And that's not quite it, right? I mean, there is the, the at the same time, this, the dignity of everything and the fact that it's one great life. Mm-hmm. It calls to us to respond to suffering and to cause us to care for all the manifestations of the things. And I, I liked um, your bringing up Newman because uh, it's a little more light on a Newman coin. What is Buddha? And it's a dried shit stick. Mm-hmm. The stick you use to pry all the shit off of your shoe. <laughs> um, which has its dignity and its own radiance. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean we like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we take care of it. Shoe. We take but care of our shoe. With it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like mosquitoes, but they have dignity and radiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they must serve some part of the food chain. Or just the fact that they, just the fact that they are. They, they, don't, they belong in some places and they don't belong in other places. Um, but there's the imprint of radiance even on the poop. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, that's right. And uh, <laughs> and even in even in our delusion, even in the darkness, yes. it's a radiant darkness. So you know our conceptions about the world are real. They're not true, but they are real. And so even even those um, deluded. Anyway. Thank you. Eigen has a hand up. Hi. I just want to say how much I enjoyed your talk and how inspired I am and grateful that you will be carrying our saga. Thank you very much. Here's this quote that I found from Yunmen. Kathy wants to say something. Go ahead. Um, a minute ago, uh, when we were talking about we each have our light, I was thinking about that is an antidote, I think, to people who um, become tyrants and take over because they've they've captured the attention of so many people so it's important to recognize we have our light and to own it you know to take leadership sometimes and an example this week of somebody i think has done that beautifully who just died is norman lear um i think he uh expressed truisms in many different ways and then he gained a following and he influenced people uh i think in a positive way uh and so you know, it, it, it means kind of owning and um, using whatever um, strength, skill, ability that we have. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we don't have to just be Norman Lear to do that. We can stand up in the middle of our own lives. Mark, did you have something to say? Oh, I thought I saw a hand. 
I don't want to miss people. This is the quote from Edjo, actually, that I thought of, Ishan. It says, uh, dwelling in the great treasury of light all day and all night, you turn yourself into a lowly hireling, roaming in misery, a longtime pauper, by not owning your light. Mm. This is your own conceit of inferiority. Having forgotten the call of your noble origins, how sad it is to take up a night soil bucket and become a cesspool cleaner, <laughs> thinking of the body of pure light as a defiled body of pure misery. This is the saddest of saddest sadnesses. But this is, you know, kind of riffing off of Douglas too, you know, where, you know, you're not even aware of your wholeness and goodness and dignity. So you watch in Zazen the implications of that. Watch what happens when you don't feel worthy enough, when you don't feel good enough, and how you act towards others in that way. Um, That conceit of inferiority, having forgotten the call, of your noble origins. So our postures are dignified and upright. Our samadhis are rooted in vows. This is how we live. Somebody's got to do it, I guess. So uh, anything else today? You know, it's Sashin, so... I couldn't help but keep things going a little bit. But I also feel this is a very important point, that when we talk about these samadhis, we have to root ourselves in this world and in our vows and in the precepts. And there's no shortcut. So thank you all very much.